Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. You know, the younger we are, the more invincible we feel. The more we feel like there's nothing that comes across our path that we can't manage and, and uh, come out on the, on the good side of. The older we get, though, <clears throat> the more vulnerable we become. The more we see that there are situations in life that are beyond my control anymore. Um, some, some level of control may exist there, but we all, if we live long enough, we find ourselves in vulnerable situations and as, as life increases its pathway, those vulnerable situations grow more frequent and more frequent and more frequent. Well, the reason I think there are some great parallels to, to that truth for everybody, whether you're a believer or not, and what we're going to talk about today in this, this idea of our being vulnerable as disciples of Jesus. You know, we've talked about our, our being followers of his and our being harvesters and our being messengers. And this idea that we're going to look at in Matthew 10 finds us at a place of, of vulnerability as he sent the 12 out, we'll see here in just a moment, as sheep among wolves. Well, that's a vulnerable place. And we're going to find out how, how he wants us to operate in that place uh, and have victory at the same time. So look with me, if you will, in Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 to 20. It says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You'll be handed over to local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you'll be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Now, four things today I want us to glean from this text about vulnerability. First two is what vulnerability is not, and the last two is what vulnerability brings us or gives us. First of all, vulnerability is not naivety. It's not naivety. Look at verse 16 with me again. He says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, watch this. Be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Well, what do wolves do to sheep? They're predators. They attack, they kill, and they devour the sheep. Sounds kind of like a familiar description of our enemy in 1 Peter chapter 5 who is described as a roaring lion who comes to see, see, see kill, and destroy. Uh, that's, that's the same idea that he's talking about here. We need to be reminded behind every attack, attack on our lives, on our, on our beliefs, on our worldview, behind every attack <clears throat> is this common enemy that we have. He is, he is behind every one, every time, every attack we face, regardless of where it comes from or who it comes from. It's sourced as, as being from our enemy, the devil. He said, every, every, every time we do that, we are to be shrewd as snakes. Shrewd as snakes. Well, let's go back and look at the garden, the snake in the garden, who was pretty shrewd himself. In fact, he knew, he capitalized on Adam and Eve's hunger for food and their hunger for knowledge at the same time. 
in getting them to eat of the tree in the center of the garden. He knew that about them before he ever wiggled his way into that situation and, and caused man to, to step into sin for the very first time. He, as I said, he capitalized on their, on their hunger for food and their hunger for knowledge. He was, he was aware of their needs. He was aware of their desires. He was aware of their, of their wants. And so consequently, we need to be aware of the opposition as well. We, we, we need to know as, as, as how, how wolves come at us, more or less. I guess that's how I'm trying to say it. But be cautious. I want to caution you that awareness doesn't turn to consumption, that we're not consumed with the other side. It's easy to get consumed with, if you have a biblical worldview, if you know Christ, if you're a follower of his, trying to be a disciple of his, it's easy to be consumed with what our world is not and, and what, what we'd like for it to be. It's easy to get consumed with news. It's easy to get consumed with social media. It's easy to get consumed with Hollywood. And the common thread behind all of those things is not a, a common sense of purpose or direction or, or, or belief system necessarily. There, there's some commonalities there. You're going to find out as you look for motivations behind each, each of those characters, you're going to find different motivations. But a common theme is that they are anti-God. And our culture, whether you become aware of it or not, is anti-God. It doesn't come out and say it that way. But they want you silent. They want your witness silent. They want your, your voice to be silenced. And in fact, uh, our enemy, by way of many in our culture and in our worldview, in our world, not only want to silence you, but shelve you and keep you uh, in, a, in a dormant, paralyzed state where you're too intimidated to speak your, speak your views of things and, um, and consequently find yourself in a continually vulnerable position. He's saying, don't be naive to that. See that going in. Be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. See, see what, how your enemy thinks, how he processes things, and be aware of those things going in every time and not be naive about it. The second thing that vulnerability is not is it is not rebellion. It's not rebellion. Look at verse 17. It says, there to be on your guard. You'll be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. Great. Great. Great concept for all of us, isn't it? Let's, let's look forward to being handed over to the councils and being flogged. Notice, though, that as he sent them, he gives them a warning. He's, he wants to be honest with us. Say, listen, be on your guard. Be on your guard. Be aware of, of, of what's, what's around the corner. In essence, to prepare yourself for the opposition, and not just the spiritual opposition, but the politi in, in the political realm as well. He, he talks about being, being brought before local councils. Local groups, in essence, uh, much like city council or county commissioners or local school boards, those kinds of things. He said, you'll, you'll be brought before those, those entities to stand and have a, have a chance to bear, bear witness. If we're a disciple of Jesus, it may require us to take some political positions sometimes of where we stand. Let me say that again. If we're a disciple of Jesus, it, it's going to require us sooner or later to take a, a political position about where we stand on things in our, in our culture, in our world, be it School systems, be it uh, other things that you, yours and my tax dollars go to fund. Sooner or later, we're, we're going to have to take a stand on those things, and we'll be asked to from time to time, are you willing to stand before the councils, before, before, the, before the tribunals, before what he mentions in Scripture, to say, that's not what the Scripture says, and I'm, I'm in line, lining my belief system with God's Word. There'll be opportunities for us to take those kinds of stands, and we can't rebel against them. We've got to step into them be honest about where we are, what we believe, and why we believe it. 
but it doesn't stop with the local councils. It goes into the church here. He's saying as well that you'll be flogged in the synagogues. You'll be put down at church for for where you believe, where you stand. You think, I thought we were supposed to be for each other. Aren't we on each other's side here? Isn't that how this is supposed to work? Well, we are until your discipleship looks more godly than mine. Until your walk with Christ makes me embarrassed about mine. Then my role, oftentimes, is to tear you down instead of build myself up. And sadly, that occurs in church after church after church. As we see a disciple of Jesus growing more Christ-like, what many will do is take that person's growth and tear their growth down instead of spur my own growth on because I'm jealous and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, angry because I'm jealous of how, how that makes me look in, in the body. He said, you're going to experience some of that too. If you're going to be a disciple of mine, you'll get it in a culture. You'll also get it some at, at the church, the synagogues. Uh, your, your discipleship, your devotion to Jesus is going to bring about some opposition. We need to be prepared for that. And he says here to be on our guard. Until your discipleship looks, uh, looks like Jesus, though we are to continue growing and walking closer to him. And, and the more selfless we become, the more Christ-like we become. It's whether it's in the political realm or the religious realm or, or somewhere in our culture, we need to be prepared for it and not rebel, not run from it. Those are two things that vulnerability is not. Let's look at a couple of things that vulnerability uh, will give us. First of all, vulnerability will give us a platform. Gives us a platform. Look at verse 18. On my account, you'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. Brought before governors and as kings as, as witnesses to them. He's saying here that if we want to live like a true disciple uh, of his, that our reputation is not going to just stay local, but it's going to move beyond our sphere of influence, beyond our, our, our church, beyond our neighborhood, beyond just the people we know. It's going to move into, into a bigger realm where our influence, influence is going to draw the attention and garner the attention of those on a bigger stage than us. Think about John the Baptist with me, if you will. He was an extremely popular man in his day. In fact, everybody throughout Judea knew who John the Baptist was, and it wasn't because they liked what he was preaching and teaching. In fact, they hated what he was preaching and teaching. But everybody knew about him and his reputation because he was so radical, and his message was so radical. He was, he was preaching repentance. He was preaching dying to yourself. Preaching baptism. He was preaching, got to have a 180 turn in your life to walk with Jesus who is coming after me. So it's not because he was so loved and his message was so loved, it's because his message was so radical that he was known. And so I, our, as our walk becomes, and our discipleship of him becomes more radical, more Christ like, it's going to get sideways with our culture. And as it does that, our, our witness and our opportunity to be heard gets louder. Uh, our, our looking and living radically different from our culture um, and even many in the church is, is going to attract attention when it does we'll be given a platform that's, that's larger than what we had. Notice here also that he says influence with the Gentiles is introduced in verse 18. We talked about earlier as we looked a couple of weeks ago in, here in chapter 10 that he was sending them out two by two as his disciples initially to the Jews only and for the first time here he mentions we're broadening the tent the tent's getting bigger and broader, and so prepare yourselves. They're not ready yet in what Jesus is telling them to do here. But he's saying, prepare yourselves. He was sowing seed with them to say, there'll be a day when the message is going to go beyond the Jew to the Gentile. Be prepared for that as Jews, Jewish disciples who are delivering this, this same message. That day is coming. Uh, it's not here yet, but it's coming. So he plants the seed with them to say, the tent's about to get a lot bigger. And you and I are sitting here today because the tent got bigger. 
because the, the plan for salvation was expanded to the Gentiles. Our, our looking different and living different from our culture, and even many in the church, is, will, will attract attention. So he, he says there that get ready for that to, to be broadened and widened from two who, who was once your enemy. Uh, so prepare yourself for that. Meaning that our being followers and harvesters and messengers is going to expand our influence beyond just our, our, the known world we have and the known level of influence we have, the known circles we have. It'll give us a platform. The second thing that vulnerability would give us is a testimony. Look at 19 and 20 again with me. He says, but when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you'll be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. At the time, that time, you'll be given what to say. So, if my living my life as a radical follower, harvester, and messenger of Jesus expands my platform, what do I say when I get there? If you were, well, in fact, a couple, few of you in this room were. Karen it was, and Mike was, and Vince was, and Tammy was. In a uh, high school choir that I worked work, work with and directed a lifetime ago, high school and or college group, I would take on mission trips initially to to do backyard Bible clubs in resort areas, and, and that, that that expanded into uh, doing hands-on mission work in, in disaster areas and other things like that. In those groups, uh, we would set up evening concerts, and sometimes in campgrounds, sometimes in public parks. And I was intentionally notorious for telling somebody last minute that I wanted them to share their testimony that night in the concert. There were, there were two slots in, in each concert where, where I would, there'd be word for testimony. Sometimes I was gracious enough to do that in the bus on the way to it. But if you ask those four folks, they'll tell you that sometimes that's in the middle of the concert and at, at, at one of those gaps, I'd give you the finger and point at whoever that was and they'd come down to the microphone and, and share their testimony. Well, I did that intentionally because I didn't want some planned, prepared speech. I wanted this principle in verse 19 to be sown in, to say, he'll give you what to say when it's time to say it. If you trust the Spirit's leadership, he'll give you what to say when it's time to say something. Otherwise, keep your mouth shut. But some planned, prepared speech, I didn't want anybody to impress anybody. I wanted them to speak from their heart as the Spirit led. And so once we can, can get attuned to that principle and trust him, trust his leadership, he'll give us the words to say and, and how to say them. Not only that, uh, but he's, he's, he knows that there's power in your testimony. The enemy does. He knows... Uh, how to see that and wants to keep us intimidated from, from saying anything to anybody else about our, our faith and what we know to be true as a disciple of his. Uh, he's, he knows that the power of the Holy Spirit living in you is more powerful than anything he can say. You know, trying to, to, to dissuade us and paralyze us and keep us from saying that. Uh, he, he knows also that the same power he gives you to speak it in the moment, he, he puts in the person's ears who are listening the very sound waves that come out of your mouth and takes it from your voice to their ears and to their heart and to their soul, what's needed. I trust him to do that every week as I stand here on Sundays and try and fumble through the scripture with you. I trust him to, to let it land on ears and hearts that where it needs to land and, and, and be digested the way it needs to be digested. He's faithful to do that every Sunday. I know he is because I see life change in many of you as, as, this path, as we journey down this path together. But he will give us what we say 
and will give the listener what they need to, how they need to hear it and the kind of ears that our message needs to fall on every time if we'll trust him for it. Uh, he, he wants us, though, to keep, to keep us from that and to paralyze us. Look at what he says in verse 20. It says, For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Your voice is gone. It's the voice of God speaking for you in that moment. And so then the size of our faith and the size of our fear, fear is equal to the size of our God. Uh, whether, whether we actually believe what God's Word says or not. Because the Bible teaches that we can, neither walk in, we can either walk in faith or we can walk in fear. But we can't go both ways. And oftentimes worry is what keeps us from speaking truth into situations. And worry often translates to fear. In fact, they're bedfellows. Fear and worry are, are, are strong bedfellows. And fear will keep us paralyzed for the rest of our spiritual existence if we let it. He's saying, move beyond the fear and trust the spiritual leadership to give you what to say, how to say it, when to say it, and how it will be received when you do. Uh, great, great counsel in verses 19 and 20 that he gives us a testimony. And our, our own vulnerability should cause us to step into that place more willingly uh, than we often do. So what have we learned today? We've learned this, that there's a cost to being a disciple of Jesus. This whole sheep and wolves, this whole attack of the outside in, this whole attack from churches and from government and from political realms, and it's real. If you're, if you're not going to walk with Christ in an intimate way and be a disciple of Jesus, those things are real. And there's a cost involved to being a disciple. Now, there is some cost to being a Christian, period, and doing nothing. But there's even greater cost if you're going to follow him closely and walk with him intimately and be a follower of his on, in, 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 in an intentional way, you're going to pay a greater cost to do that. It's your, your job to decide, is that worth, is my walk worth the cost? Am I willing to, to whatever the cost may be, to, to, to follow him? Because here's the reality. We can step into that cost with either arrogance, with fear, or with, or, or with vulnerability. We can step, it, step into it saying, I'm going to win every argument every time, every day. Or we can step in, into it saying, I got nothing to say of value. I'm just going to say, we're going to keep my mouth shut and go to church and do my thing. Or we can step into places that are uncertain, step into places that are harder, step into places that are more fearful, step into places where we don't know the outcome yet and make ourselves vulnerable to those situations. And those are the situations, he says here, where he takes over. Those are the situations where the Holy Spirit steps in, gives us what to say, when to say it. So we can step into that cause with arrogance, fear, or vulnerability. What's it going to be for you? What's it going to be for you? Let's pray. Father, today would you help us to see the power of the Spirit in us is greater than the enemy around us. And yes, we live and walk in, in a world culture that is very different from most folks sitting in this room today. In fact, if we believe in Jesus and want to live that out in front of other folks in our culture, uh, there's going to be some cost involved in doing that. In, in the midst of the cancel culture we find ourselves living in, we're going to attempt to be put on the shelf and canceled or ignored or made fun of or ridiculed. Help us to step into those places with vulnerability and with boldness. Vulnerability that says, I know, I know the attack is coming, but boldness that says, I know the Spirit is big enough. I know God is big enough. I know He is good enough to take care of this. I know he is powerful enough to give me what to say, when to say it, 
and communicate that in ways that only he can do to the listener who needs to hear it. Would you give us the courage today to walk in those, in those places? The courage to move out of comfort and into vulnerability. The courage to move out of an attitude of arrogance sometimes if, if we believe and know we're right and into vulnerability. Because vulnerability is where you use us. Vulnerability is where the message gets louder. Vulnerability is where you stop and take over and do what you want, when you want, the way you want. And you use us to do that. Give us the wisdom today to step into that place willingly. In fact, seek them out. Seek out places that are uh, nobody else would want to go. And where the, what, 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 what we're about to say may be ill-received or, or uh, maybe argumentative responses to it. Give us the courage to step into those places. Daily, in fact, if you, if you give us those places. And then use what we say, what you give us to say, to bring glory to your name and people to the kingdom of Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.